Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer. I was going to say the hot rod man, and that is Tex Rubinowitz singing from Ripsaw Records, and he is the hot rod man. So I want to welcome you so much for joining me today. I want to thank you for joining me today on Sirius XM Rural Radio Channel 147. And you know we get together here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with an encore, a re-air of the same episode, most of the time, 99% of the time, Sunday at 6 p.m. But sometimes it has to be changed because of another event, for instance, like the National Finals Rodeo last week or the FFA convention. But I will always let you know. And for some reason, if you are a Sunday listener and you miss it, then you can always go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, and click on the tab that says FMD Radio, and you will be able to hear that entire episode one week after it airs on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147. And I always tell you that because I don't want somebody to think that that I'm giving you a shortcut to get around Sirius, all right? So you can't listen to it the same day, but you will listen to it one week after, and it will always be there. So we're, and for you, for a reference for you, a reference, and that's what it is about. It's all for a reference. So in case you want to go back and listen to something, you could find it. And uh, God willing, everything is going well for you as we rapidly, we're in boost, baby. We're approaching Christmas in a new year. At a rapid, rapid rate, that uh, that telephone poles are going by fast, right? Like when you're on the road and you're going when you're going way over the speed limit. I never did that, right? Did you ever do that? I don't know. I mean, I I never did that. I'm a law-abiding hot rod farmer. Wink, wink. So uh, spent too much time as a young man in traffic court. <laughs> so no stranger to that. But what I wanted to uh, first of all, what we're going to talk about on today's episode when we eventually get there, is uh, <clears throat> what not to do. You know, so many times in life people tell you what to do. This is what you should do to invest. This is how, what, how you should farm. This is what, blah, 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 everything, right? And I'm going to tell you what not to do to your engines. Gasoline, diesel, propane, whatever, backup generator, farm tractor in the winter time. Very important what not to do. Because if you identify what not to do, and as long as you do not do that, you should be fine or copacetic, as we say in New Jersey. But first, I want to share some data with you. I have a longtime listener to the podcast, and I, my Idle Chatter podcast, and I don't know whether he, he listens to the radio show or not. He may listen to the radio show. And his name, I always mess up his name. His name is Bruce, and I'm going to hopefully pronounce it right, Jack Ubauskas. And uh, I probably have it wrong. I used to say back Jack Ubarkus, and he's up in New England. And to make a long story short, a while back on this radio show, I spoke about total harmonic distortion with a generator and line voltage, so the skewing of the sine wave. You could look back in the archives and you could find that show and how important it is for your electronics on the farm and in your house and in your dairy barn, what have you, have robots. And they also did an episode about a year or two ago with James Condon. And James is a world-renowned generator repair man. He does it on the side. He has another career not in fixing generators. And he shared some tips with me a while back. And James, he has a YouTube channel, James Condon, 
J-A-M-E-S-C-O-N-D-O-N. Check him out. He's got a lot of very interesting and eclectic videos up there, and they're very, very educational. So anyway, to make a long story short, what happened is that Bruce up in New England has an 11-year-old Generac 20KV twin-cylinder standby generator. So it's a whole house generator through an automatic transfer switch. And since I wanted to get some data from him, I had lent my meter that reads total harmonic distortion to James. So James was kind enough, James Condon was kind enough to send Bruce the meter. And then I made up a test protocol for Bruce to check his voltage coming in from the power company, the Hertz and the total harmonic distortion, and then to check the output of the generator coming into the house. So he did that. <clears throat> and excuse me, and I'm going to share <clears throat> some of that information with you right now in this first segment. Okay, the line voltage coming into his house was between 116.3 to 121.4 volts, which is fine. The total harmonic distortion, this is from the power company, was between 1.9% and 2.4%, and the frequency, the hertz, was between 59.98 and 60 hertz. I asked them to check it three or four times during different hours in the day because that will change and it's important for you to understand with your farm now with the generator no load so he killed the power coming into the house so the generac generator with the transfer switch thought that they had a power outage with no load the generator the generator was putting out 121.7 volts had 3.4 percent total harmonic distortion and 59.96 at 60.09 hertz beautiful then i had him put a light load on it which was some lights in the house the oil burner and electric oven uh and his voltage went stayed at 121.4 the total harmonic distortion went up slightly which is normal to 4.2 percent and the hertz stayed dead nuts on 60 then he had then he added to that uh a 220 volt air compressor in his shop and the voltage was 121.3 which is exactly the same uh, a tenth of a volt and the harmonic distortion went down from 4.2 which is good to 3.5 and the hertz stayed at 60 and then uh, he he had all of that on and then he added a toaster oven in the kitchen and the voltage stayed at 120.7 the total harmonic distortion went down slightly at 3.3%, uh, percent and the hertz stayed at 60. So this is all wonderful data. So now we're sharing this data with you on my radio show. I'm going to share it on my Idle Chatter podcast, and I believe James Condon is going to share it on his YouTube channel. And it is so important, right, for you to be able to know what the power is coming into your farm, what's coming in from your generator if if you have a standby generator or a backup generator and i don't want to belabor this but it's extremely important because with today's electronics delicate electronics that if you have a lot of distortion or variation in the frequency or variation in the voltage uh, to a great degree then that has the potential to cause you a lot of problems so bruce's 11 year old generac it's doing a wonderful job 
and he lives in a very rural area up in New England. He says sometimes he could be without power for five days, and he it runs off of propane. He has a 500-gallon tank, and as his words to me in a text were, no power is no concern for us with this setup. So please keep that in mind that you need to be able to confirm what power is coming in to your farm or your house or your business very very important don't just think it's all as we say in new jersey copaesthetic so i'm going to ask you to sit pat during this quick sponsor break and never forget agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability it's mad dog unleashed with christopher mad dog russo the passion. Be aggressive. Get something done. Hear the knowledge. The game, folks, is about two plays. And that's what it comes down to. Hear the personality. I'm going to start here in an angry mood. Get somebody on the radio. That has made him a sports talk legend. Does that make any sense to you? Guys, you're crazy. It's Mad Dog Unleashed with Christopher Russo. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Remember the fun and excitement of collecting trading cards of your favorite athletes? Did you ever wonder why there weren't trading cards for your favorite rodeo athletes? Now there is. The Cowboy Channel is proud to present trading cards of all the 2023 NFR qualifying athletes. All 15 contestants for all eight events. Over 150 cards in all. Collect them, trade them, or get them autographed, but be sure to order yours today. The complete collector set is $149.99, plus $20 shipping and handling. Or pick them up at the Cowboy Channel booth at Cowboy Christmas. The Cowboys and Cowgirls will be donating 10% of the proceeds to the Trenton Montero family. Don't miss this chance to own a piece of rodeo history. Order extra sets for all the rodeo fans on your Christmas list. To order, just go to the Cowboy Channel website. Don't wait, as these will surely sell out. Order yours now at CowboyChannel.com. Hey y'all, my name is Jenna Heideman. Each Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I get to hear the music and life stories of singers and songwriters with Western roots. I'm not a cowgirl, but as much as I love this culture, I dang sure should have been one. Tune in right here on Rural Radio to Should Have Been a Cowgirl and hear the stories right from our Music Grove studios that you won't find anywhere else. A little bit of rodeo and a whole lot of country music. That's Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, channel 147 on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Farm Machinery and Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer. And as I said in the first segment of the show, we're going to be discussing what not to do to your engines in the wintertime, which means in the cold and extreme cold. Right? If you live in Florida, this is going to be just as applicable as you live in Alaska or Manitoba. But as the mercury drops further these concerns or what not to do becomes exaggerated so somebody may be living in southern florida and raising sugarcane to them it's freezing cold if it's 40 degrees and then you have somebody up in north dakota and it's minus 40 degrees and they consider that cold and uh so it's an 80 80 degree difference right between plus 40 to minus 40 and and your engines will definitely definitely feel that and know it so you have to apply this to where you are farming or where you live or where you are operating your equipment. And the first thing that I want to establish 
is that machinery of any type and specifically engines do not like temperature extremes they don't like extreme hot or extreme cold so it's like an inverse bell curve so if you were to look at a bell curve and it went down and it comes back up that the curve is inverse to what a normal bell curve would look like is that there's there are problems and excessive wear in both instances and oftentimes there are a different set of problems just like trying to eradicate a a uh, a weed prior to planting your crop or when it grows in the crop so it's still a problem but it's a different problem in the extreme cold everything is is stressed and the colder it gets the more stress it has and that is from the oil in the engine to the start to the cranking circuit to the battery to every moving part because everything contracts just like it's cold right you want to shiver so so it contracts the metal contracts and then becomes tighter when it's cold and when it's hot and then in, well in the spring we'll talk about the extreme heat we're not going to skew this show with that right now because other dynamics happen in the extreme heat so if you're out in the desert it's 120 degrees that's a different set of issues and they need to be handled they need to be handled properly but the first thing that i want to establish with you is that and i've said this before on the show and it's met controversy because it's against goes against conventional wisdom that there is a time and a place to warm up an engine and there's a time and a place to not warm up an engine and what's basically what the engine is going to tell you when it wants to be warmed up and what i like to do it's not an engineering term and i use this i coin this phrase when it makes funny sounds and whether it's a diesel or a gasoline engine it makes no difference you know, just like my voice sounds different than somebody else's voice that each engine family will make will makes its own funny sounds when it's not happy and when you start an engine in extreme cold it is not happy so you say well you're hot you're contradicting yourself hot rod so i'm saying no i'm not contradicting myself it's like i used to say in traffic court right guilty with an explanation right i have to beat that guy that's why that's my explanation your honor so I, he thought he had a faster car than i had <clears throat> the thing is that when an engine is cold it has excessive wear when an engine idles it builds temperature very slowly so the analogy that i make on this made on this show many times you've heard it it's like a turtle crossing a road versus a rabbit crossing the road they both have the possibility of getting run over but if the rabbit darts across the road he has less exposure so by idling an engine you want to you will build heat very slowly so its rate of wear which is exponential when it's cold will be greater you have a longer period of time that it's experienced excessive wear but when you get into extreme cold situations and the engine is making funny sounds right and the hydraulic system is making funny sounds it's going to be imperative that you let it idle a little bit until those sounds start to normalize now that doesn't mean you start it up and you let it run for 20 minutes or a half hour and go back in the shop and have another cup of coffee and look out the window i'm not talking about that at that particular point depending upon how low the mercury goes in the thermometer and the engine 
it may take a minute or two or three minutes to stop to sound more normal. And it may take 40 seconds to sound more normal. It's all going to be application specific to the engine, the conditions, the temperature, and also other factors that are out of your control. So the key is an extreme cold when it's well below zero that you want to let that engine stabilize and start to sound normal to you. And, and you'll know what's normal, not making funny sounds. Now keep in mind with a diesel engine, when a diesel engine first starts, <clears throat> whether it's a 1962 or a 2024, it makes no difference if it's a if it's a new truck or an old farm tractor. that makes no difference on a diesel engine what has to happen is a reaction zone in the cylinder bore needs to take place you say what is a reaction zone hot rod well what a, a diesel engine is what compression ignition it uses heat to ignite the fuel versus a spark ignition engine, a gasoline engine, right? Propane engine, uh, natural gas engine uses the arcing of a spark plug, right? The, the arc of the spark plug is, is what is igniting the mixture. In a diesel engine, <clears throat> the reaction zone needs to take place. And a definition or the definition of the reaction zone is where the heat from combustion travels into the cold area or the unheated area so that is why when you start a diesel engine and and when it's cold when the engine is cold even if it's a 40 degree morning plus 40 degrees plus fahrenheit right then it's 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 for the first couple of seconds it doesn't sound right it's not making funny sounds but the combustion is talking to you because that reaction zone has not yet been established so you're going to need to on any diesel engine even in the middle of the summer, you're going to need to let it run for a second or two, right? 90 degrees outside for that reaction zone to be established and the, and the sound of the combustion event to smooth out. That's going to be imperative for that to happen. If you don't allow the reaction zone to be established, the engine is going to most likely want to flame out on you. And because it is not combusting that fuel you're going to have fuel, raw fuel, that's going to be washing past the rings into the oil. So that is not good. But on the flip side of it, you don't want to idle it very long. You want to idle it just enough till it starts to sound normal. And then you want to put it under a light load and drive it away or put it on whatever you're doing with it. You're you're augering with it or what have you, moving feed for cattle under a light load until the oil temperature and the liquid temperature comes up. Now, on a gasoline engine, what you have to recognize is that you do not want to short cycle it. You want to, you don't want to short cycle any engine. It means turn it on and turn it off within a few seconds. Is because the tip of the spark plug in the gasoline engine, new or old, has to reach at least 500 degrees Fahrenheit for it to start to be self-cleaning. Like in a kitchen, you have self-cleaning oven. If you do, if you start a gasoline engine and shut it off before the tip of that spark plug doesn't reach at least 500 degrees to burn off all of that unvaporized fuel that is in there, whether it's fuel injected or carburetor, you're going to wet the spark plug. 
And when you go to start it again, this engine is most likely not going to start or only start on one or two cylinders because it has got a foul spark plug, and you don't want that. So if you've got to start a gasoline engine in the extreme, even in the, in the summertime, but it'll get to 500 degrees a lot quicker in the summertime than it would be at 40 below. So you don't want to take a gasoline engine, let it run for a couple of seconds, and shut it off like I see people do. You will definitely, definitely wet that spark plug. And then you go to start it again, it may very well not start. Because what will happen is that the art, the electricity takes the path of least resistance, and instead of bridging the gap of the spark plug, it's going to go right to ground from the wet fuel. And if it doesn't bridge the gap of the spark plug, it's not a diesel, baby. It's not going to start on under compression ignition, compression heat. So just sit pat during the next short sponsor break, and we'll finish up right when we come back. If you understood everything on a soil test and could make your own fertility plans, do you think you could cut your farm's fertility expenses, maybe even increase your yields? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. We want to empower you to make your own fertility decisions. That's why we're holding our Ag PhD Soils Clinic on Tuesday, January 16th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. This could be the single most important day you spend in your farming career, and it's free. So register now at agphd.com. Farmers know that conditions can change quickly and shifts in the market or in policy can have a big impact. I'm Chip Flory, and every weekday on AgriTalk, we tackle the day's news with a panel of experts and lawmakers at the forefront of the issues. We connect producers with consumers, and we connect you with the information that you need. If it's related to ag, we're talking about it on AgriTalk, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central on Rural Radio 147 and on the SiriusXM app. You have a lot at stake when it comes to raising corn. I'm Darren Hefty. That's why on Wednesday, January 17th, we're holding a free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll help you navigate all the challenges of corn production, including how to manage exploding pest populations, resistant diseases, fertility challenges, and more. It's a day packed with information. So if you want to get the most out of your corn this season, don't miss the free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop. Register now at agphd.com. This is Jeff Tigger Earhart. And this is Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck, wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year's from all of us with the Ranch It Up Radio Show. And the Bend Radio Show. Beck, I got a question for you. Is that your nephew Hank and his band that is playing We Wish You a Merry Christmas? Yes, it is. Happy holidays, everyone. We'll just let Hank play us out. All righty, welcome back to the show. We've got another few minutes, about four and a half minutes left. We're going to finish up here. Now, I'm going to talk about engine oil, and I'm not going to go back. It's very important with a modern engine, and whatever you want to quantify as modern, but specifically whether it's gasoline or diesel, and it has some sort of variable valve timing, variable cam timing. And so many, almost every modern engine today has variable cam timing. And some of the diesels on farm tractors do. Some of them do not. That's why you have to know your engine. Some pickup trucks do. Some pickup trucks do not. The take-home message here is to recognize that 
in almost every instance that there is an actuator that is oil fed on that changes the phase of the cam we're not going to get into that all right so that's oil fed actuator so if you have the wrong grade meaning the wrong viscosity the wrong thickness oil so let's say you have this new pickup truck right and we'll pick on ford because i'm a ford guy all right um and Ford says that this engine should use 520 oil. He says, I don't like that 520 oil. That's too thin. That's like water. I'm not going to, I'm going to put 1030 in it. I'm going to put whatever it may be. All right. And the thing is that you have oil that has a higher viscosity. Because remember, the W on an oil rating stands for winter. So you put in it 1020 instead of 020 or whatever it may be all right it's the wrong viscosity oil now keep in mind i've spoken about this before in the show i'm going to talk fast because we're running out of time is that when you look at oil engine oil the viscosity that's on the can is at two temperatures hot and cold it doesn't you need a what's called a visometric index chart that no one publishes for the for for the for the public to see for the consumer to see so that oil if it's 5w it's going to be five weighted what i think the standard now is zero degrees fahrenheit but it may be at minus one it may be like 40 weight to be ridiculous so it's very important that you use the proper oil and a name brand oil and specifically if with on a new vehicle on a new track piece of farm equipment i would use the manufacturer's oil whatever you got a fent use agco's oil you got a john deere use john deere's oil you got a ford use ford's oil motocraft oil, whatever because what will happen as they get ready to finish up here is that these cam phasers this valve timing phasers are hydraulically most times are hydraulically operated so they count on the oil getting up to that phaser to move the cam into the right position for that engine to start and fire now if it does not build enough oil pressure on crank in almost every instance that cam phaser will not actuate will not move and there'll be excessive slack in the timing chains now excessive slack in the timing chains the cam phaser means that the piston to valve clearance will be wrong so to make this very very simple you put the wrong thickness oil the wrong viscosity oil in an engine with a cam phaser the engine may start because the cam phases if it's overhead cam engine which it is overhead cam are on top of the engine you could get combustion and start that engine and not get the oil to the phaser and then all of a sudden the piston whacks the valves and it's all over buddy you destroyed this engine so there's a lot more going on today because of the complexity of the engines than you saying wanting to to engineer it farmer engineer it yourself i'm not using that oil i'm not doing this and a lot of engines a lot of the three liter duramax engines uh three liter inline six duramax engines have variable valve timing intake and exhaust cam they're inline engines and a lot of people are are hitting the pistons and destroying that engine not because it's a bad design because they're using the wrong oil and in extreme cold weather on a cold start the cam phaser is not being fed the oil to be able to move the timing chain and the cam in the right position so i want to thank you so much for tuning in i want you to know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you the american farmer and rancher in my beloved america you have 
have any questions, just reach out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com. Thank you and have a blessed day. Live when the markets are open, Market Day Report delivers the agribusiness news, weather, and markets of the day from across the world. Covering what's important to you and your farm, including instant updates on prices that impact your bottom line. You voted RFD-TV is the most trusted source of farm market information for producers. Stream Market Day Report on RFD-TV now or tune in Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on RFD-TV. Looking for farm bill support for beginning farmers. With this American Ag Today update, I'm Jesse Allen. Well, bankers have their voice heard in Washington, D.C., thanks to the American Bankers Association. Ed Elfman is Senior Vice President of Agricultural and Rural Banking Policy for ABA, and he says they're advocating for increased FSA loan programs and initiatives in the new farm bill to support beginning farmers. We're trying to set up our credit to make sure that we can help those beginning farmers especially get into ag, which brings me to my second priority, which is beginning farmers. We have a lot of issues in the structure around beginning farmer loans and how they're set up. The farm was put in a trust 20 years ago. Now there's 20 people involved in the trust. You go and try to get a beginning farmer loan and you can't because you have to lend against the trust and you have to ask everybody if you're okay. That's a barrier to entry. And we want to remove barriers to entry and make it easier for beginning farmers to get into ag, not harder. With this American Ag Today update, I'm Jesse Allen. On the Ag PhD Radio Show, we talk about all the ways you can get the most return on investment for the crops on your farm. Our guests are farmers and experts in the industry, and we discuss the latest innovations in fertility, crop production, seed traits, and much more. Don't miss the next Ag PhD Radio Show, weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147. Hi folks, I'm Larry Gallon of the Gatlin Brothers. Thanks for listening to Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM.